I'm McKinney Smith. In 2009, while going through a divorce, I decided to jump straight into entrepreneurship. In 2012, I lost my sister and asked myself, what legacy do I want to leave behind? Since then, I've become a serial entrepreneur, helping other women publish their books, produce their podcasts, and reach their big goals to walk in their greatness. I realized the importance of sharing our stories of resilience and how it can be another's guide to walk in a manner worthy of their calling. We are blessed to be a blessing. So get ready to be blessed with an inspiring testimony. Hey, Legacy Leavers, thank you for joining us in the Awaka My Stilettos podcast, the top 1.5% most popular show globally, where we have conversations with extraordinary women that are letting us step into their shoes. I help women to own their voice, to create impact, prosperity, and legacy. I get inspired when I see another woman succeeding, but I'm more interested in her backstory and her mindset on how she got there. So since you're already here, you may as well subscribe. Today, we have Nicole Babb. She's the co-host of HGTV Canada's brand new series, Styled. Nicole is a stager, stylist, house flipper, and entrepreneur known for her one-of-a-kind looks and ability to maximize a property's potential. A powerhouse in her field, Nicole leads R&P Home, a family-owned and operated design firm she founded in 2015. Her sophisticated style blows away the builder beige with color, texture, and patterns influenced by her travels and her Asian Caribbean South American heritage. One of Nicole's greatest skills is styling strategically to add value, whether that means getting top dollar for a home she stages to sell or designing and styling a home to stay and enjoy. So please welcome to the show, Nicole Babb. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you for agreeing to come on and share your story with us. Yeah, I love stilettos and I love talking about empowerment and, you know, just our journeys. Absolutely. It was my kind of girl. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting enough, I used to be obsessed with stilettos and I realized with the pandemic, being home, I had to wear stilettos last uh, last week for the first time in two years. And I'm like, do Mm -hmm. I need to change my brand name? I don't know if I can do this anymore. No, don't say. It's just about like timing. You just have to know to bring your flats for in between to slip on and off. But um, it's funny enough because on the show, I I wear a lot of stilettos and and people are looking at me like the crew. They're like, you're wearing those heels? I'm like, yes, I am. And I'm wearing them proudly. (laughs) I used to be able to wear heels like I could do a marathon in heels prior to the pandemic. I don't know what happened, but that's a whole nother episode. (laughs) So, okay. So before we get to where you are presently and how you got there, I I love to learn a little bit more about the beginning of your journey. Like, you know, as, as kids, we have these vivid imaginations of who we want to be and what we want to be before society starts to limit our beliefs or try and make us conform to, you know, culture, what they feel is realistic. Um, so it's always interesting, not only to hear, you know, what you wanted to be as a little girl, but also to know, like, what were you like as a teenager? Oh, um, I've always been an artistic person. I've always known that I couldn't work a traditional nine to five. I feel like I have ants in my pants. Like I couldn't just sit at a desk. (laughs) It's just like I, I, my hat goes off to people that can do that, but it's just not me. 
Um, so I've always loved to travel. I've been on a plane since I was like eight months old. You know, my mom, I was my mom's handbag. So I got to see a lot. And I also watched her that she worked in finance. She would come home, take off her like suit jacket, wash her hands and start cooking, you know, and she made my Barbie clothes and she was in finance. So she was also smart and she was beautiful and she wore her heels. And I never even saw my mom own a pair of sneakers. It was like, wow. she would walk to work in her heels, you know, like that was her, her thing. Um, so I had this example of the strong, um, beautiful woman that took care of her family, did it well. And I admired her. So I always had a role model at a very young age. Wow. What type of teenager were you? You know, some people, you know, they're wild as a teenager and then life humbles them and they, you know, become these. <laughs> so I, I would say like, I was pretty obedient till my parents split up. <laughs> my parents split up when I was about 17. So I rebelled a little bit because my dad was especially was extremely strict. And I attribute a lot of my successes to him because of how strict he was like there was a lot of discipline I didn't get it at the time and I remember like 25 I sat him down and I said you were so tough on me and he was like but look how you turned out like I thought we were gonna have this heart-filled moment and he was gonna explain all this stuff but that's all he said and that was that and we moved on um so I think like around 17, I just started to be like, I want to party. I want to, <laughs> I want to go out. I want to, you know, do things. And I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I started to travel a lot and um, I really decided to get into makeup. So my first career was makeup and I was doing music videos and photo shoots. And then I started traveling doing that and I had to make a choice because I was also um, just doing a little bit of acting stuff. And I was in the actors union. So I had to make a choice. Do I want to pursue being in front of the camera? Or do I want to be a makeup artist behind the scenes? So like career wise, I kind of was conflicted. And I still say this right now, I'm a little bit of an oxymoron. Because um, I'm, I'm all over the place, in all honesty. Um, I, I'm very peaceful, but then I can also be like somebody that loves to gamble. You know, like <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm like a poker player too. Yeah, exactly. I'm like doing yoga and then I'm like, let me go to the casino. Let me play a poker tournament and win. <laughs> so I must say, yeah, there's, there's so many different pieces to me that even for myself, I have to sometimes sit back and be like, who am I? You know, and, and I think that's the beauty of life is really challenging yourself to dig deep and see like what you like and maybe something that you liked five years ago or what you were into five years ago isn't something that you're into right now. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. I, I love the, I'm going to say the exploration of it. So usually when people are creatives, I think it's right brain, you're more right brain, right? Mm -hmm. um, and you love to create. And I love hearing stories of women who are not afraid to explore different areas of their creativity to discover what it is that they love to do. So you went from, you know, doing makeup and acting and all those things. So tell us, like, how did you get into interior design and, and the industry and, and things that you're doing now? Oh, wow. Um, it's so funny how you speak things into existence, but my, one of my best friends and the makeup artist that I work with right now, uh, we worked at this organic store uh, called Pistachio and it was like 
2008 where, you know, everybody's trying to switch over to being more natural and being more mindful of what they're using. So it was a lot of organic products. And I was saying to her, like, I kept seeing these commercials about home staging to become a home stager, you know, make 50 to $80 an hour. And I was like, oh, I, I would like to do that. And I ended up signing up for this course and it ended up being a scam. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was like paying this money, you know, towards this course of learning how to, you know, stage in it. And I just, that's the scam thing kind of turned me off. And I was like, uh, I didn't go back into it, but I thought about being a realtor and, um, I had moved to Vancouver and I started doing, um, this savings thing from till debt do us part. There's this TV show with Gail Val Valzels. I remember that show. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, I want to do that because nobody really talked about finances mm-hmm. you know and she was like the first and she's a Jamaican woman so it was like you could tell that she was West Indian she was stern she was just like what do you mean you don't cook what do you mean <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you're buying designer stuff and and you have debt like you know so it really made me learn how to live off of cash and really seeing like it came became a game with myself where I'm like let me see how much extra money I can save you know this month and I ended up uh, with my partner, we ended up buying a place in Vancouver, um, a pre-construction and with her system. So I really do attribute like just really honing in on, you know, the goals and timing, of course. I mean, this is 2012 when the prices weren't so astronomical, right? (laughs) Yeah. Um, So it really made me focus in on like, oh, I really am going back to this real estate thing because I always knew that I wanted to be a landlord. I always knew that I wanted to. Um, own property. And I knew that that was a good way to get passive income. And from there, a whole bunch of stuff happened. But uh, my bonus daughter ended up coming to live with us in Toronto. And we were looking for a place to rent. And at the time, buying a place with the mortgage would have been cheaper than paying rent. But I didn't find anything that I liked. So what we did is we bought the best house that we could find for our budget and we just renovated everything. We took everything out and started from scratch. And then because we moved from Vancouver to Toronto, the realtor that sold us the house, she came over one day and she's like, I love like what you did with the place. And she literally started renting the furniture in my house to stage with. <laughs> so it happened very organically where I was like, can I shadow you? Because she's a one percent agent. She does really well. And I would just shadow her and just see, you know, what it was about. And then from there, it just so happened, like through word of mouth, we started to grow a business. And then we started putting furniture in my garage and we made little like lanes in the garage. And then it was just busting at the seams. And we're like, we need to get a brick and mortar space. And we've been in that space now for going on six years. Wow. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. So how did the show for HGTV come about? Okay, so the show now, um, it's again, about speaking things into existence and what is meant for you is meant to be for you. Because I've had several other production companies approach me about hosting, about designing. And I actually did work on a show with um, the Holmes family designing um, one and a half of their episodes on a four series special. So I guess my name started to get out there through word of mouth and also through having somebody, a BIPOC person, a black woman, um, you know, there's not many of us, there's not many of us that have a voice. And I'm sure I'm seeing more and more through social media that there are 
a lot of people like Nikki O'Neill, like who I'm a big fan of, but she's really making, you know, some noise with um, getting partnerships and on City Line and, you know, certain shows. But I'm like, she needs a platform. Like, I need a platform. Um, Giselle, like, needs a platform. There's so many girls that I can see that are uh, amazing women that are talented. And uh, I got casted to host a show and it was supposed to be here. I got moved to L.A. So that fell through. I was a little bummed out, but I also prayed on it. And I said, you know, God, if this is meant for me, then let it be because the pandemic hit. And I was like, do I really want to be in L.A. during the pandemic? It was the George Floyd thing. And I was like, you know what? Let me just stay put and regroup. And then I get a call from this production company and they say, hey, we want to do a Skype call with you and your partner. So my business is with my partner, Flo, my mom and um, my life partner. And we were like, okay, so Flo's like, okay, I'm not I'm not ready to do that right now. So I asked Caffrey, because Caffrey was working with us, doing staging, design, and it's just such a perfect fit. Like Caffrey and I were spending so much time together that it was like just the perfect timing. And from there, they immediately called us, the vice president, who's now the president of the company, called right away. He's like, you guys are going to be stars. Like, we we have to start filming this. And that's how... It came about, they actually said it was one of the fastest greenlit shows on HGTV. Wow. Look at that. Look at, well, okay. So first of all, I love, you know, what you said about amplifying the voices of other women of color and, you know, everyone needing a platform, basically. There's so many women out here doing amazing things, but because of all the obstacles in society and things like that, it, they don't have the platforms that they would have if they were not a person of color. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is that, so I know Flo King, she's amazing. Love yep. her. <laughs> Love her. And then you spoke to the pandemic. How has the pandemic affected your journey and what you've been doing? Well, I learned so much about myself. Like I realized that in order for me to recharge, I need to be alone. Like I love, I love myself and like, I love being by myself to create, to think, to have peace. I love to cook. I love being at home. So that's Mm -hmm. why it all works for me where I'm like, how can I be creative and really make like a beautiful space for myself? I realized that like, I love plants. I love growing my own food but I suck at it. So I taught myself, you know, through masterclass, through YouTube, through trial and error, how to like really hone in on the things that I really want to do or get better at. Mm -hmm. So the pandemic was um, a blessing in disguise for me because it really allowed me to slow down. I've always been like high functioning and I've learned that it's okay to have balance. It's okay to Mm want to relax. It's okay to, you know, walk around barefoot and not have to worry about anything, you know? Um, so I definitely, uh, the pandemic was good for me in that sense, because I was able to slow down. And I also saw that our business was a viable business, even in the pandemic, because we got mm-hmm. a lot of calls and a lot of business. People were still wanting to sell their homes. They were still wanting to design them. They were wanting, because they're spending so much time there. And you mm-hmm. realize at the end of the day, what's important your family. If you can keep a roof over your head and food on the table and you're around people that you love, life is good. Yep. That's what truly matters. Yeah, I think the pandemic, it forced a lot of people to take a look at their own life. I mean, it's obvious, you know, the chaos in the world, what's happening around us. But I think those that took a step back and looked at 
what was a priority to them and what they actually needed for self-care versus culture, society deems as, you know, success with the over hustling and the Mm -hmm. draining ourselves (laughs) mentality. So I love that, you know, you spoke about, you know, needing that time alone and being able to recharge and using that time to also focus on the strengths within your business. Mm -hmm. What are some of the adversities that you've had to overcome to get to where you are today? Um, Learning not to take things personal. You know, like there'll always be, if you get one bad review or it's, but you have 50, you know, five stars, it's like, for some reason, we always hone in on that one bad one. So learning that, you know, not everybody's going to like you, not everybody's going to like what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has nothing to do with you. And that is such a, an important lesson in life, you know, and, and in business, because you can dwell and dwell and dwell, and it's just going to eat away at you. So you have to realize like, as long as you can look at yourself in the mirror, you have ethics, you know, that you're doing the best that you can do, you're happy. Um, then just keep pushing forward. Cause there's always going to be the critics. There's always going to be the naysayers and you just have to block that noise out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Nicole, you sound like you're someone who is very self-aware, like you've done, you've been through, through some things and you've done yeah. the work on yourself. <laughs> yes. So I would love to know, what would you say is your superpower? My superpower is I would say like, I'm a jack of all trades. Like I have the gift of being able to um, be in any room and have a conversation with anybody. I can, you know, taste something and try and replicate it and probably do a really good job. Um, so I, I feel like I can kind of morph into or be a chameleon in many different ways. But I'm also realizing that I don't want to turn that into a business. Like, I don't have to be like... <laughs> You're multifaceted and multi-talented. Um, and you can use that to your advantage, but that doesn't need to be monetized like yes. you don't have to yeah. try and monetize all of that it's, that's something earlier on I'm like oh you know I can I can sing like let me uh <laughs> let me write a jingle here no no girl <laughs> slow down I get it I get it so okay so what inspires you the most about what you do that it's a transformation that you're helping people that you know, real estate, your homes, like your peace of mind, your mental health, it all affects, you know, your mood and people's wallets. And the number one reason, like what Gail would say from Till Debt Do Us Part, that people would break up is money. It's not falling out of love. Um, you know, it's not infidelity, it's money. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you can have a nest egg, and, and I'm really trying to preach to my community and to the people around me, it's not about save your money because you're going to need it for a rainy day. It's invested so you don't have to work so damn hard that you can enjoy it. You can enjoy your family. You can enjoy a vacation. You could leave for multiple months at a time. Like, that's my goal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so expensive here in North America. And people forget that in other parts of the world, people are happier. They may not have as much, but they got, you know, food, sunshine, they have health. And one thing that I always paid attention to is my grandmother was a twin and her twin lived in Guyana and she came here to Canada and outlived her over 20 years. And you would think, you know, like, what's the difference? They're twins, you know, health wise. Lifestyle. Lifestyle. Exactly. When you have sunshine, when you grow your own food, when you don't have this enormous debt, 
it, it, the stress is just relieved. So I really, really try to tell people like when they say, how, how do you do this? How do you do that? I'm like leaving for a few months out of the year. It allows you to recharge. You get to see how people are living, how people are happy, how it's so inexpensive. And to me, that's my goal. Yeah. I love it. You know, having multiple streams of income that are residual. So, you know, like you said, you can not be so stressed about things and travel and have time to spend time with your family and have those moments. Like it's so important. I think here in North America, especially, you know, you're trained from your little in school to like finish school and get a good job that pays hourly and be in a system that stresses you the heck out. (laughs) That's why like I am so inspired when I see other women that are entrepreneurs that are, you know, living a life that makes them feel fulfilled, that they are living a life where they're making an impact, but it's not, I'm going to say, it's not the, you know, let me make a million dollars for show and let me work 20 out of 24 hours out of the day to be stressed just for show or any of those things. Like, um, you know, the goal that you said a while ago about just being able to travel and live a good life and not be stressed, like, Definitely the goal. Definitely Definitely. the goal. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. They say the paycheck that they give you is the bribe to, for you to give up on your dreams. Right. So it's just remembering that if you can control your paycheck, then you can live out your dreams. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been self-employed since 2009, 2008, 2009, when I went through my divorce and I I made a comment to my partner yesterday about, I'm like, um, you know, things are shifting within the business in the world. I'm like, maybe I should actually get a job. And he's like, what are you saying to me right now? (laughs) That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. So with everything that is happening in the world and everything, you know, I mean, with even the creativity of, you know, the being a designer and running businesses and, you know, all these different things. Um, how do you stay motivated? I think just constantly trying to be fresh, reinvent myself, um, trying to travel as much as I can, because that's where I get the most inspiration when I actually see things. I'm a visual learner. So I have to stimulate you know, my senses in all walks of life. And my favorite thing to do is to try new restaurants. Like I love all kinds of cuisines. Like my design assistant, Jada, she always laughs. She's like, you eat everything. And I'm like, <laughs> like, and she's still at that stage where she's like fries, pizza, you know, I'm like, girl, you got to expand your palate. But so for me, it's, it's just always dabbling into new experiences. Like I want an, uh, you know, oh my God moment. Yes. And that's how we, like, that is how we stay fresh, like being open to exploration, trying new things, whether it be food or experiences or places, Um, you know, for the women that are listening, I think that's definitely a point that they should take away. I think sometimes we get caught in the routine of eating from the same places, visiting the same places, all these things, like be Mm -hmm. open to exploration. It's true. It's true. And I, I tell people all the time too, like, 
don't get me wrong. I love an all inclusive when you have a limited amount of time, but there's something so special about like being in the city of a, of a new country that you haven't been to and seeing how yeah. the locals live and how they get by. Like yeah. to me, that's just so much more interesting and you really get to see the country. Absolutely. Uh, a couple years ago, before the pandemic, um, you know, I was traveling for work almost every three weeks, like going to different parts of the world. And for about a year, um, everywhere that we went, instead of staying at a hotel, we would stay at like an Airbnb or, you know, some type of place that was in the city, mixed with the locals, experiencing everything, taking Ubers places. And that was way more fun and exciting than going to an all-inclusive, you know, for a week and staying at the same place and seeing the same people every day. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So, okay. So what keeps you up at night? Like, you know, we all have things that stress us out and sometimes reasons why we can't sleep or, you know, things that we want to do in the world that we haven't accomplished. Like what keeps Nicole up at night? What keeps me up? Um, I would say I'm a very empathetic person. So if I hurt somebody, if I offended someone, like I'm always like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Um, so I, I'm, I'm constantly worrying. I'm a worrier for sure. And I I work the best when it's quiet. So I do a lot of answering emails, you know, getting work done late at night. So that definitely keeps me up and a good Netflix show probably too. <laughs> <laughs> I just started watching Ozark and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> episode after morning. episode passes and you're like, yes. where did the time go? <laughs> It's past, past like, time. You're like, if if I watch one more episode, how much rest am I going to get? <laughs> <laughs> what advice would you give to a woman that's listening right now that is afraid to try new things, is afraid to explore? I would say that, you know, a ship is always safe at shore, but that's not what it was built for. So you need to you need to leave your comfort zone in order to grow. You know, it's like a baby taking their first steps. Like they have to stand up first, then they have to let go. And then you have to make that step. So just remember in life, be kind to yourself and take baby steps, you know, step out a little bit and then a little bit more and a little bit more. But that's the only way that you're going to expand your mind, your heart, your life is if you just step out of your comfort zone. Great advice. I love it. I love it. Um, that quote that you just said will definitely be your your quote for the episode. Okay. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> so you've shared with us quite a bit about your openness to explore and try new things. And usually when, you know, we're open to those things, there comes a lot of surprises. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what's been, what's been the biggest surprise that you've had in the past few months? Ooh. The biggest surprise is just, um, especially with the show, people treating me differently um, because I feel like I'm still the same person and because I am grounded and I know who I am. So it's it's disappointing to an extent where you feel like somebody's being nicer to you or harder on you because of. But again, I'm realizing that it has nothing to do with me because I know who I am, that it's the other people. And you know, people telling you what to do and they've never done it before. And you're like, 
what the hell? You know, like, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like I haven't birthed a child. I have no children, but I am guilty of it because I have a nephew and I have a bunch of nephews and nieces and I'm always telling them, this is what you should do. This is what you shouldn't do. And they're looking at me like, listen, woman. And I'm like, no, but I, I have an idea in my mind. This is how it would be. So I have to take my own advice too. But um, yeah, definitely it's, it's just been the change in the treatment. I think people often project their own um, feelings or insecurities on others, um, sometimes unintentionally, um, you know, with the advice that they give or, you know, sometimes it's like their limitations of what they believe is possible or the views that they have and their perspective based on their history and their experiences and their baggage, they express that as opinions um or what have you mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it, it's like when people say to me you know if they tell someone a big dream or goal that they have family members or friends or what have you and they're not excited for them or if they've achieved something and they feel like their family and friends um are not celebrating them it's you know i tell them it's don't take it personal it's about mm-hmm. their own you know, thoughts and feelings and their own paradigm of what they believe is possible. Or, you know, sometimes, like you said, you're, you're still the same person and you're grounded, but their view of you may shift because of their own, yeah, their, their, their own, own belief systems. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I see it all the time where people would say, how are you able to, you know, travel for so long? Or how are you able to wear that? Or how are you able to eat there? And they don't see the other sacrifices that I've made. Like, I was a party animal at one point and, and just out, 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 out. And then I said, you know what, Nicole, I have to, when I started doing this whole jar thing, the the Gale system, I was like, I got to buckle down. I got to prioritize. And I realized if I don't go out 10 times, that's a great vacation, you know? So it's just prioritizing what you like and what's good for you and really being honest with yourself. Yeah. And not worrying about, you know, this person is going to judge me. And and I found, and I still find that I kind of water myself down to make other people feel comfortable because it's like, oh, I, I want to go to this nice restaurant and they're like, oh my God, it's so expensive. But it's like, that's what I want to do. So yeah. it doesn't mean that, it doesn't mean that I'm bougie. It doesn't mean that I think that I'm too good. It's like, no, I really appreciate the experience. I appreciate the service. I appreciate that they flew this, you know, tuna belly Toro from California today, fresh. I appreciate that. It's something (laughs) that I appreciate. Um, But then maybe the other six days of the week, I'm cooking my meals, I'm meal prepping. So that's how I'm able to afford to have that type of experience where that person that's like, oh, that's expensive. They eat Uber Eats five days a week. Yeah. Right. So I have to learn that, you know, everybody has their thing. And we shouldn't judge each other for it. I'm really trying to get out of that mindset of judging people the way that they live, their lifestyle it has nothing to do with me. Um, but I'm always open when people ask me, how do you get ahead or, you know, and it's making sacrifices. Everything you just said, I heard three words that sum that all up. It's about your priorities. It's mm-hmm. about your preferences. And it's about your perspective. Actually, yep, the three P's for sure. The three P's. <laughs> That's what I heard from everything you said. It's been forever, but I used to sell real estate full time. I did that for like six mm-hmm. years and forever ago. And um, 
you know, I had friends that I was trying to help get into home ownership. And these were people that were going to parties Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. These were people that were eating out at restaurants Monday to Sunday. And they would always say things like, well, I don't want to be house poor. I don't want to be, and I'm like, what does that mean? Right? Like they, maybe they've seen their parents who own a property be frugal because of their priorities. Mm-hmm. But it's like, okay, well, you're okay with spending all that money on parties and eating out, but to invest in a property where, you know, you're going to have your income is going to be multiplied if you choose to tap into that or sell it later. Um, It's about your priorities, your perspective and your preference. Absolutely. Absolutely. And also knowing that it's attainable because I think once you, when you don't see people doing it or you don't understand and, it's not, I mean, back then too, you could put 5% down, you know, right. where you're just like, girl, yeah. like, trust me, like, just, <laughs> I'm like, partner, yeah. that's the other thing in our community too. What's your background? My parents are born and raised in Jamaica. Yes. Okay. So the Caribbean community too, it's like, don't trust people. Don't do business. With you know what I mean? And it's like, no, with, if this is your best friend, you should be trusting them to say, Hey girl, like, let's go in and buy something together. Because that's the other thing. I always attribute all of my successes is because I've always had good partners. I've never done anything alone. I've never claimed to be like, I'm self-made. Like, nah, you need, everybody needs somebody at some point. And for 80% of people that have done it on their own, the next time around, they bring in a partner because they realize like, it's the strengths that you have, you know, like I'm customer service and flow is marketing. Like, you know, like that's, It's you need that balance. My mom's financing, you know, uh, my partner's logistics. You need the balance to have people with multiple skills to really make you succeed. So I always, always say to people, like, just trust and and find people that you can be like that are like minded and work with them. I love that you brought that up for many reasons. But one, especially in the Caribbean community, there is a bit of a scarcity mindset where, you know, don't trust people, do things by yourself, don't tell nobody nothing, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I had to unlearn and relearn a lot of those unhealthy mindsets. And understanding the whole abundance mindset, being able to multiply your results by collaborating with people to leverage efforts and multiply your results is one thing that I truly value right now, having masterminds, um, you know, you talked about before, you know, you can um, go in with a group of people to invest in a property, you can go in, you know, with a group of people to start a business, you can go in with a group of people to launch a project, instead of having to do everything on your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. I'd be interested to know, like, have you had any coaches or mentors that have helped you along the way? Oh, wow. Um, like I said, my mom, is a big mentor and coach. She's always looked at everything as being the glass is half full rather than half empty. It's always been her mindset. So her work ethic is like, I think poured onto me. Um, And my aunts, my aunts have been like the original entrepreneurs. They've always had their own business um, and it was in software. So, you know, also very interesting to see Guyanese women. um, And again, with her partner, build this company and they had an office in Vancouver and here and they had a lot of employees and now they're paring down their seniors, they're retired, but 
it, just watching them succeed, you know, live a very comfortable life. And um, I think looking to my family to see how close knit they were in terms of keeping, you know, their finances, their family together, valuing meals and getting together for sure. So, okay, before we go to the final segment of the show, I want you to tell people where they can stay connected with you to learn more about you, to learn more from you, where to watch the show. All right. So HGTV uh, Canada, uh, Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. And that's Eastern Standard Time. Also, it plays the next day on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. And you can also watch it on Stack TV through the Amazon Prime um, package and on Global TV app. Love it. Love it. I'm going to have all of the direct links for them to stay connected with you in the detailed section of the episode. So they can just click and connect, but they won't have to search too far. And for the final segment of the show, I call it a walk in her wisdom. Uh, It's kind of like a rapid fire. Um, You can answer in one word, one sentence. Sometimes it's not so rapid because I ask you to unpack because I don't really like rules, but (laughs) 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 just let me know when you're ready. All right. I'm ready. All right. If you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it say and why? Be kind. Nice and simple. I love it. Love it. <laughs> okay. Um, what failure has taught you the most about life? Ooh. Um, I think loss has like starting from scratch, like having nothing has taught me that I can be okay. Like I can be a multimillionaire and I could be a pauper and I will be okay because I am still who I am. Amen. I love it. Love it. Uh, what Name a book that has changed or greatly impacted your life. Oh, I loved um, Smart Women Finish Rich by David Bach. Um, and it just teaches you, like you have to do lessons after every chapter about your finances, being independent, you know, asking questions, about your partner, like, are you guys on the same page? Um, and a lot of it, even though it's a finance book, it really allowed you to dig deep to be like, are you honest with yourself with what you want? I'm going to add that to my reading list. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's not a very popular one in terms of the traditional ones that people would say, but this one is it's pretty good. I'm all about any book that is has to do with personal development, has to do with opening the mind, how the mind works, better habits, anything. I'm obsessed with all that stuff. So I'm adding it to my list for sure. <laughs> okay. What's one of the most worthwhile investments that you've ever made? And that can be an investment of money, time, energy. One of the worst, most worthwhile. Um, my dad used to, on his birthday, always have meals for the homeless like that would be his thing and I decided during the pandemic that I wanted to do the same thing um so just I met an amazing group of people um at a food bank and it's now one of the biggest in Canada I think it it is the biggest so to me that was the most rewarding because even up to this day I I'm still really close with one of the organizers so it's it's taught me giving back is everything and being able to I love that what have you become better at saying no to in the last five years? And that could include distractions, invitations, family. <laughs> um, I've become better at saying no to negativity and naysayers. You know, before I would think that my existence was, you know, other people's opinions of me and really trying to make that fit. But now I'm like, no, like realizing that that's other people's stuff. 
And I think I've said that over and over again. It's just, it's something I have to remind myself of because I am such a sensitive person and I am so empathetic that I feel like, oh, other people must be right about their opinions of me. So letting Mm -hmm. go of other people's thoughts about what they see in myself. Love it. What's the worst advice you've ever received? Is to be mortgage free. That is the worst advice because if you're mortgage free, that means that you have a bunch of money sitting in equity that you could be, you know, doing a lot with. Mm -hmm. And I think that's also the West Indian mentality, like make sure you have no mortgage. And then, you know, it's like, no, 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 no. Imagine if you took out that money and reinvested it and bought multiple properties and had other people paying your mortgage and then think of the equity that you would have in there. So I'd say that's the worst advice. Yes. I love that because people don't realize that their money doesn't have any value unless it's in circulation. Yes. It needs to be moving. You're not an investor in your own house. If you're paying the bills, you're not an, you're not, it's not an investment. It's an expense. You need to be a landlord in order to have that be passive income. Yes. Okay. So what's the best advice you've ever received? Was to buy property. (laughs) Because there's just, there's just so much freedom and um, in the equity and the way that it's grown. So I must say like, yeah, buying multiple property has been the best advice I've ever received. Okay. What advice would you give your younger self? Uh, The advice I would give my younger self is to be, not to be the smartest person in the room. Find people that you can grow from that are like-minded, that have done what you want to do. Don't worry about being accepted by other people. Like, you know, spend time with yourself and really figure out who you are. Mm -hmm. Okay. What is one thing that other people value that you don't? These are some good questions. (laughs) I like to get people thinking. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm like, "Hmm." I definitely don't value social. Like I... I, I've noticed so many people now buying followers and I just, I personally don't get it. Cause I feel like I'm such an organic person where to me, I'm like, I couldn't care less. I get the marketing side of it. Like people just see a number, but if you have some bot somewhere that's like <laughs> making these random, Oh, you know, Susie helped me with this cryptocurrency. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell is this? You know? So yeah, yeah, that's definitely one thing that I couldn't care for in that sense. Like social media to me is, is it's supposed to be a tool to keep in touch and it's not so personal, but yeah, definitely. That's yeah. one of the things. I agree with you. And especially in this day and age, like how do those followers help in any way, shape or form in your life? Like, does it feed your children? Does it pay your bills? Like if those followers are not becoming consumers of your service or your products or like, you know what I mean? It just shows the state of how people are thinking. They're like, oh, they have X amount of followers. So that means that I should follow them too, not realizing that the majority of them are fake. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So th- it just shows how fickle we are that we don't even realize that that's what it is. And now they're hiring people and getting deals based on that number. I've had people say that to me, like, get your followership up so you can get these deals. And I'm like, I just it's just I don't want to spend the energy and I don't care if other people perceive me to not have or do or whatever. Like, I'm good. So yeah. I'm OK with that. A lot of the good brands now, because one of my daughters is a social influencer and I I can't even tell you like her profiles. Like she has this cult following where I don't even know. I think she's like 1.6 million on TikTok and wow. half a million on Instagram. And wow, but I, my I was telling my other daughter like you you don't have to have 
you know, a ton of followers to get brand deals. Like a lot of brands now, as long as you have an engaged audience, you could have 500 followers. If you have an engaged audience, you can still get brand deals. I know lots of people that do. Um, so for the people who are listening, you don't need to buy followers. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, I think that when companies dig deep and they see who is following you, that may be a hindrance, Yeah, you know, cause they're just like, why it's not authentic. It's not organic. Yeah. So I would say to people, you know, just focus on sharing your story, sharing your work, you know, getting professional photos done. Um, that's more important. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. Last but not least, what do you wish women would do more of? I think women should do more of stop saying that we're super women, like we're strong black women. Like it's, it's almost a hindrance to our growth because it's okay not to be strong all the time. Like wearing that, you know, coat of armor to be like, I can take anything on and I can do everything. It's, it's grown tired in the yeah. sense where, no, we should have a partner. You should have people helping you. You're allowed to pay. Like I, we were laughing about this because the other, the thing that I think everybody should do, and it's not as expensive as expensive as they may think is hire a cleaner, you know, like, like if you want to reserve your Sunday or Saturday for cleaning and then you're exhausted and you're like, you got to go start your whole work week. I'm like, get hire people to do the things to free up your time. Yeah. So stop thinking that you have to do everything. You yeah. know, that hundred dollars you could be spending to just keep you alive, keep you happy, keep you stress-free, do it. So stop yeah. thinking that we have to do everything because we don't. Absolutely. I love that. Delegate, 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 delegate. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much, Nicole, for sharing your story with us, your journey and your gems. Um, I truly appreciate you taking the time and um, you now have a new person who's going to be watching the show and telling everyone else to watch the show. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. And yeah, it's been a pleasure. All- <laughs> I want to get you back in stilettos. <laughs> <laughs> If you can get me out the house. (laughs) Okay, okay. Deal. Uh, I'm down, I'm down. (laughs) And to all you legacy leavers out there, until next time, subscribe on all platforms and don't forget to rate the show and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We would love to hear what resonated with you. What part of Nicole's story um, could you resonate with? What did you learn today? What was your aha moment? And I just want to thank each and every single one of you that continues to listen each week that helps us rank globally in the top 1.5% most popular shows. And that's out of over 2.8 million podcasts. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bravo. Um, (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And if you could think of, I'm going to challenge you today to five women that would receive value from hearing today's show, please share it with them. You can feel free to screenshot this week's episode and you can tag Nicole at Nicole Bab. That's N-I-C-O-L-E-B-A-B-B underscore. You can tag myself at The Real McKinney Smith and continue to walk in greatness in your stilettos in a manner worthy of your calling. <laughs>